most people asking through it. Great voice. Hey, I'm going to make you work for your dollar. Say something with that great radio. Comes out of the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Matthew 5, beginning in verse 1. The words of Jesus. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be fulfilled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. Well, today we are beginning a new worship series entitled Upside Down. And so you'll learn more about that in the title and what we'll be talking about. But we're going to be working our way through the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. And so uh, um, I hope you will enjoy that series as we begin our new year and look at uh, uh, Upside Down over the next four weeks. And we start this week with happiness redefined. Several years ago, a video was captured of uh, a man experiencing homelessness uh, by the name of Ted Williams. Um, the name alone rang out to me. If you're familiar with any kind of baseball history, that name is synonymous. But uh, besides the point, uh, it, it was not the fact that he was experiencing homelessness or, or anything like that. It was the fact of, the, of his voice. Um, the video went viral, and, and he was dubbed the man with the golden voice. Perhaps you've seen this video shared, and this was several years ago, y'all, so... This wasn't like last week, but uh, I have a clip of the video that went viral, and, and maybe this will trigger your memory or, or just give you an idea of what I'm talking about. So uh, take a listen here, and, uh, uh, and that way you get an idea of what I'm talking about. There are often homeless people asking for change and freeway exit ramps, but recently there's been this guy with an interesting sign at I-71 and Hudson Street. His handwritten sign says he has the God-given gift of a great voice. Hey, I'm going to make you work for your dollar. Say something with that great radio voice. When you're listening to nothing but the best of oldies, you're listening to Magic 98.9. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. And we'll be back with more right after these words. <laughs> oh, to be gifted with that kind of a voice, right? <laughs> wow. Wow. And, and uh, 
this video went viral, and, and, and he was rewarded uh, with a job, and his life was turned around, things like that. Um, he was interviewed uh, by the news station shortly after that, and, and he says that, that he thought that, that this year would be another year wasted. Instead, it became the year that I found God in my life, because through all this, he also discovered Jesus. So as we begin this year, we can ask this question. Will this be another year wasted? Or could this be a time when I find God? Or could this be a year where I, where I introduce someone else to God? In this series, we will be listening to the voice of someone who is radically and definitely different. We will be listening to Jesus, who, not unlike the man with the golden voice, was a homeless man in a busy time whose voice held within it something beautiful. Jesus was and is different. The things he said shocked. The way Jesus lived surprised. The people he associated with offended the religious leaders of the day. Jesus turned the expected on its head. If what was predictable was right side up, Jesus Turn things upside down. People were expecting a Messiah, the one who would save them, to be a mighty king, right? Jesus came not with throngs of glory and armies behind him, but as a baby born in a feeding trough. They expected this conquering military leader. Jesus came proclaiming love for the enemy. They expected the Messiah who would overthrow the government and reveal the wrongs within it. Instead, Jesus turned the prevailing religion upside down and revealed the wrongs within it. Hello? They expected a deity from on high to come and proclaim salvation from the skies. Jesus came as a homeless man walking their dirty streets. And you know what? Jesus still surprises today. Oftentimes we wish to make Jesus fit into our culture, into our norms, and into our expectations. We want to let him have a part of our life and a portion only of our hearts. But, but Jesus is, was, and forever will be different. He doesn't work in the ways that we try to put him into a box. Jesus requires full and utter devotion. He calls us to also be different and to have a completely different way of life. It's a life 
that perhaps we've truly been searching for and looking for, even if we didn't know it. But it's a life that often feels upside down to the world around us. Because how often does society teach things that are upside down from what we hear in church on Sunday morning? You know, there's something about Jesus that is wild and free. And sometimes we lose that when we try to keep him in stained glass or a picture book. C.S. Lewis, author, uh, sought to capture uh, this in his children's series, The Chronicles of Narnia. Excellent book and movie series. But in the book, there's an unmistakable Jesus character. His name is Aslan. And Aslan is uh, not a gentle king. He is not uh, uh, a conquering soldier. Aslan is a wild lion. (laughs) And there's a scene kind of early on where the children are having... Uh, a meal with the with the beaver family and uh, literal beavers, uh, and and Mr. Beaver describes Aslan to Lucy, one of the young girl, and 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 he he responds, uh, he isn't safe because because he's describing Aslan as all these things, and Lucy says, well, is he safe? Safe, said Mr. Beaver. He isn't safe. He's a lion after all. But he is good. But he is good. Let me ask you a very uncomfortable question this morning, and I want you to stay with me, okay? Is Jesus safe? Is Jesus safe? The answer is no. It's because we step out of safe when we say, Jesus, I want to be your follower. We step into adventure. We step into life. We step into beauty and we step into healing. We are saved from the things that we are running from. Yes, all this. But Jesus is not safe. How about I define what I mean when I say the word safe? That'll help you a little bit, right? Safe means we get to stay the same. With Jesus, we don't get to stay the same. He is not safe because with Jesus, we can't afford to stay the same. As we start this series, we could talk about how to make wise changes in our lives and how we can stick to them. We could, we could talk about how we're going to eat better, uh, exercise more, and save money. All of these things are good. They have their place in life. They have their place in the life of the church. This season for us, though, will be more about a different kind of change. How do we live differently? And how can we look more like Jesus? So rather than focus on the things that that outwardly make us feel better for a time, 
We will spend some time over the next few weeks on the things on the out, inside that are really hurting us. Things that, that really are, are getting under our skin. And that's what Jesus talked about. During this series, you may feel like one of those people in Jesus' day who, who was going uh, uh, through their busy life and begin to hear whispers about a, a different man, a different being. A friend asked, will you come with me to see him? And perhaps you'll go. Or perhaps you'll be the friend that says, will you come with me to see Jesus? And someone else will go. You'll go with your preconceived notions of what the Messiah might look like. And when you encounter him, he is nothing like you thought, but everything that you hoped for. Jesus is not always everything we want, but Jesus is everything that we need. Matthew chapter 5 begins by saying, When Jesus saw the crowds, he sat down and began to teach them. When he saw them, their hearts, their pain, their concern, their worry, their desire to be changed, their desires to be different, he went up to the mountainside and sat down. That may sound strange, right? What would you do if instead of coming and standing up here and preaching, I just came up here and sat down and preached like this? Some of you would be pitching a fit, right? Because you can't see me. I'd be pitching a fit because I would fall asleep all over the place and wouldn't be able to get back up later. But there is something significant about the fact that Jesus sat down. In that day, in Jesus' day, teachers and prophets, people with authority, did not stand and did not preach from a standing position. But when they sat down, you knew that they were about to say something important. And by sitting down, he asserted his authority and his power in the message that he was bringing. By sitting down, Jesus said, you will want to hear what I'm about to say. I have the authority to say it, and it's that important. So that's why they, they, they bring out the fact that he sits down. E even today... Though when, when the Pope says something that is of great importance, he speaks what they call ex cathedra, which means from the chair. From the chair. And so Jesus is traveling, is, is this traveling preacher, sat down and turned the religious world of his day upside down for all the world to hear. Then, as now, it was the powerful, the rich, the highly regarded, the confident, the privileged, who were supposed to be blessed and be happy. That was the thoughts, right? That's who got inheritances. That's who got the good stuff. <laughs> but Jesus said, you've got it all wrong, folks. I'm going to turn that upside down. It is those who are broken in their hearts, 
It is those who are the weak ones, who the ones who are grieving, the ones hungry for what is right, the ones who are insulted and kicked down. These are the ones who should get the inheritance. These are the ones who should be lifted up. These are the ones who should, we should be wrapping our arms around. The kingdom of heaven is for us. Not just for those who have done everything religiously right and followed all the rules without exception. It's for those who are at the end of their rope. The ones who have lost the thing or the person or the people closest to them. The ones who are so hungry for God. The ones who care for other people. These are the blessed that he is speaking of here. It is all of us ordinary people who are hurting and longing and needing. It is those people out there who may not know where their next job or food or grace moment is coming from. Those are the ones who are blessed, who is Jesus is speaking of and what we call the Beatitudes today. The, the word blessed here, it, it's, it's, it's the Greek word makarios. Everybody say makarios. I'm so glad you're still awake with me. <laughs> the, it's the word makarios. And, and, and this word is an adjective describing a person as experiencing positive circumstances or a happy disposition. Okay, this is what the context of the word bless or makarios means in the way that Jesus is used, uses this. And that's why we call these the Beatitudes. Everybody say Beatitudes. Beatitudes comes from the Latin word beatus, which means both happy and blessed. There's a, uh, there, there's a, a version of scripture that changes the word in the Beatitudes from blessed to happy. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are those who seek. Happy are the peacemakers. They mean the same thing. They come from the same root. If we're extraordinarily happy, we might describe what we're feeling as beatitude. Okay? The noun beatitude refers to a state of joy. Are you with me on that? That's why we call them the beatitudes. We can tell just by saying that out loud that certainly it is more than the usual way we think about happiness. Okay? This is a different kind of happiness, though. Happiness the way that, that we're used to feeling it in this world is a happiness that is fleeting. Right? How many times and how many things can happen where all of a sudden, boop, our happiness can turn into sorrow or, or upsetness or anger <laughs> or any other emotion. It's here for a minute, poof, it's gone another. One event, one argument, one news station, one misplay by the saints, you know, whatever it may be, our happiness, boom, it's gone. What Jesus is talking about is happiness upside down. Happiness redefined. Jesus is saying, I have something for you, you who are hungry for God, you who are usually the ones left out of the inheritance, standing on the outside looking in, and 
those of us who are taking it on the chin because of your faithfulness to me. I have something for you. It is something much different than the world can ever give you. This is not a fleeting happiness. This is a state of being that is a blessing from God. A state of being that is a blessing from God. This is the happiness that Jesus is trying to offer us and to all people every single moment. And it is a happiness we are called to offer to others that we come into contact with every single day. Over the next few weeks, Jesus is going to challenge us to change the way that we hate. Change the way that that we argue. To change the way that we lust. To change the way that we desire all these different things. And our challenge will be to say this. I don't want the Jesus that I perceive in my mind. I want the real Jesus. I want the real, unedited, unretracted, complete, upside down message giving Jesus. That's the message I want to hear, and that's the message I want to tell people in the world. Uh, Patrick Morley, author and writer, says this. He says, there's we want and there's a God who is. They are not the same God. Did you catch that? There is a God we want and there is a God who is. The turning point of our lives is when we stop seeking the God that we want and start seeking the God who is. Here's our question. We have been invited to hear what Jesus really said and be willing to change to follow who he really is. Are we willing to listen and to do something about it? Are we willing to change our lives to follow not the God, not the Jesus that we want, but the Jesus that really is? And are we willing to do it with people outside of those doors are we willing to invite them in? Are we willing to go out there, offer the Jesus that is, and remind them how much they matter to God? It is a happiness like no other once we find Christ. Perhaps you can remember that moment in your life. Help someone today find that moment in theirs. This is the gospel message for us as we begin this series and move forward this week. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.